airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for tuning in. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in the last segment of the show. Get mm-hmm. your take on some of the topics um, for discussion today. Yeah. Boy, we've got many of them. Um, before we get into uh, some of them, yeah. let's um, make sure that our listeners know that we have the Marriage, Family, and Life Conference coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're fast approaching that. And registrations, or should I say registrants, mm-hmm. registration mm-hmm. is open. And uh, yes. registrants <laughs> continue coming in. That's right. And uh, and we're pretty excited about that. This is the third year of the Marriage Family Life Conference. And um, by God's grace, man, by God's grace, we've been met every year. Um, we don't believe in just conferencing because Amen. like we, we don't want to do that. That's right. Um, we want to do something that um, is impactful for the body of Christ. And we want to do something for the next generation of Christians who are growing up in our house right now, which is why um, from year one, we had a kids track. Mm-hmm. Um, we've expanded it this year. First year we did it. It was ages, uh, I want to say four to 12. And we did that for two years, but um, the response was great. You know, we need teenagers. Why can't you have teenagers? Mm-hmm. And so this year we're responding to that and uh, the youth apologetics track. And it's called the youth apologetics track because it's not babysitting. That's right. So the youth <laughs> apologetics track, this is, this is where your young people mm-hmm will be as trained and as taught to respond to what is happening in the culture today, age appropriately, That's age right. appropriately, but they will be as taught as you will be taught That's during right. the conference. Yep. So their classes coincide with your classes. So when they are out of your presence, they are with teachers who are training them to give a defense for the faith. Mm-hmm. We, we cannot shortchange our kids. We can't expect that we throw them out into this ugly world and they're just going to be like, Oh, they know what to say when they're pressed in these areas. No, we mm. got to equip them. That's right. We are passing the faith down to them. It's very intentional. It's not just dropping into their lap. So along with passing the faith down, we also pass down to them robust apologetics, whereby they are able to defend what they have just been handed. Amen. And they have to have both of those. They have to have the gospel intact, and they also have to have a means by which to defend That's right. what they have just taken hold of. That's right, because your child you know, will be indoctrinated. Oh, my goodness. It will happen. From somewhere. Yeah, from somewhere. So why not give them the tools that they need, you know, from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and kind of thwart that uh, indoctrination that, that will happen from the culture. We, we want to culture proof our kids, you know, uh, and and make them equipped to be able to stand in their day. You they know? matter. Yeah. Yeah. They matter. Exactly. You know, there was a there was a time where, oh, man, and, and I don't think there should have ever been this time. And I know that this, you know, wasn't a thing happening in all of our churches everywhere. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to the people who are saying, well, that was never my story. That didn't happen to me. That's great. And Mm -hmm. and really, and I don't mean that to be snarky. I mean that that is great. And you largely in Christendom, in the church, Mm -hmm. there was a time 
where our kids were relegated to the theological kids table. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was it was the the table that was. Uh, synonymous to, oh, Tata, just have some crackers and juice. Right. Oh, you don't really understand the things of God. And and basically just kind of setting the kid up to think that when I'm old and curmudgeon, then I'll come back to the faith. Curmudgeon. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use it forever. Uh, maybe. Anyways, but, you know, it just we were reinforcing these thoughts that the gospel is not for you. Mm. The gospel is for them. Right. right. And so we have got to stop doing this. And there have been many moves in the church. And I want to commend um, different churches, you know, mm-hmm. across the country who are doing this. I know that people are doing this, taking seriously the role to disciple and to train our kids. So while parents, we are getting equipped. And by the way, <laughs> we too must be equipped because mm-hmm. the culture is rapidly changing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The culture is rapidly changing. The conversations that we are having today, we were not having even just maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm. The discussions, (laughs) just think about it. They become commonplace discussions and we would have 10 or 15 years ago, just kind of like, don't, don't say stuff like that. Like that's just, (laughs) you know, but now these are common, uh, common discussions that we're having. So anyway, um, by God's grace, we've put together and I say we, and I just will say this, will the great, and just let me finish a lot of, because I know you'll jump in, (laughs) but a lot of people don't know that you direct these conferences and that you put them together and the Lord leads and um and you bring together the speakers just sort of based on prayer and what is happening in the culture and how is the best way for us to respond. And and then there are a team of people who all spring into action um, to get us to the place that we are now, which is mm-hmm. registration is open. And so this year we're excited to have um, Dr. Frank Turek, Dr. Michael Brown, Dr. Alex McFarland, Laura Petherbridge, myself, Abraham Hamilton, the uh, third John Euler will be there. Um, um, Parker. Danielle Parker, um, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And the theme of this conference is in defense of truth. And so basically right. our declaration is that the truth is worth defending. Amen. And so in every way that we're going to be equipped, um, June 25th through the 27th is going to be to defend the truth yeah. from the oldest to the youngest. And, and I just want to make a point about the youngest in Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter uh, three. Verse uh, 14 says, you have a continuing the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them. Mm-hmm. And that from childhood, you mm-hmm. have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the, wis- that, the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, uh, uh, which is in Christ Jesus. Then it goes on to say all scripture is inspired by God and profitable Amen. for teaching and a reproof, correction for training and righteousness. But the, the point is. From his childhood, Timothy knew the scriptures, you know, yeah. from his childhood. And, and I think uh, to the point that you were making before, that they're not too young to understand That's so good, uh, what's being taught, you know, and to mm-hmm. uh, be taught uh, apologetics and, and defending the faith. Because uh, Timothy is a, it can be a model from childhood. Amen. He understood the sacred scriptures. And why why would we dumb it down for our children right. today when they're going right. to be faced with so much? We talk about it all the time, you mm-hmm. know, on, on the show. What's, what's, what's coming and what's here and where we what's are here? now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we have to equip our children, you know, to be able to stand uh, in their day. The website is marriagefamilylife.net. Yes. Marriagefamilylife.net. There is an early bird registration special that is on right now until April one. 
And so if you want to get in on that, there's a family package and you can see all of the information there. Lunch is included for two days. We've done our best to bring you the best and to keep it as affordable as possible. So if you go to marriagefamilylife.net, you'll see more information there. Check out the topics. You'll get to see what, what each uh, presenter will be covering. And um, and hopefully you can make plans to, to be with us. Well, let me say something um, to the point that you were making about Timothy. Mm-hmm. You know, just a few years ago, um, you were so encouraging to me. And in some of the conversations we were having here at our local fellowship, because th- one of the things that started to bother you, and I don't know if you remember this a while back, but it started to bother you that you heard people saying in the church on a regular basis that it was a given that our children would grow up, fall away and then come back. Right. Yeah. I heard, Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was something that that I often heard that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, train them up in the way they should go when they get when they get older. They won't depart from it that way or whatever. Like that was a seizing a season of falling away, then coming back to the fate. And my thing was, how do you know in that falling away they will come back or they'll be yeah. alive to come back? You know, mm-hmm. and and what says that. They have Where to in fall away. Was that? Yeah, you know. Yeah. What says that they have to fall away, and then because the seed of God is in them, they're not gonna they, they're not gonna fall away forever. They're gonna come back. Man, mm-hmm. how do we know all the, all of this? Mm-hmm. And my thing is, why can't our children stand in their teenage years? Why can't they stand in, in you know in their young adult years? Why why has why does there have to be a falling away? And so that was something that the Lord was uh, putting on my heart, you know, to really look at even like Timothy. And see that that's not necessarily true. You yeah. know, it, it, this that is they not could something know that has the Lord to happen. From young and continue on with Him. Yeah, why yeah. not? And this was and this was not to say anything about the security of the believer. I, that's not what you're saying. Like we no, don't have no, to live no. in this constant like, oh my goodness, am I in the Lord? Am I not? Um, when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. You know, so I don't right. think that that's what you're suggesting. But I think what we constantly heard um, was that there was almost sort of like this parental. Um, resignation. Yeah, like just, it was going to happen. Know, our kids are going to fall away. So we brace ourselves for that. And then we're just there when they come back. Well, where is that in the manual? Right. I where don't is see that, it. that, that, that they need to grow up and, and people would say things like, and sow their wild oats and then, and then they'll come back. They'll, they'll go out in the world and they're exploring and, and then they're, they're going to see that this is not what they wanted. And then they're going to come back. And, and I'm going, where was your biblical defense for that? Yeah. You know, like you, what, you what, what kind it. of hope and comfort is that why can't we train our kids? And I think it's, I'll say this and then I know we got to move on to the other stories that we have, but man, I think it is something incredible. If you study um, Timothy and you look at Timothy's life and what God was able to do with Timothy, because so often we think if we don't have the perfect parental situation, mm. right? We think if we don't have the perfect parental environment, maybe we've missed it. Maybe mm-hmm. our families are broken. Right. You know, maybe there's been chaos. Maybe there's been havoc here. Right. We think, man, you know, that's it for our kids. They are doomed. They're not going to turn out the way we expect or the way we'd, we would like. Right. Man, Timothy is a case in point that the Lord's grace is totally sufficient. Amen. I mean, if you want to talk about a family being, for all intents and purposes, out of order, <laughs> right? You want to talk about... Timothy being given the gospel by his mother and his grandmother, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just amazing what God did through this young man, Timothy, whose father was a Mm non-believer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the odds were really stacked against him. You could have said spiritually he was fatherless. Mm -hmm. Man, but the apostle Paul learned of him, Mm -hmm. took him with him, 
brought him on these missionary journeys, discipled him, trained him in the Lord. And, and here is the legacy of Timothy. He is the only man in the New Testament to be referred to as a man of God. Hmm. The only man you read throughout the New Testament. I mean, look, and we've got some great apostles. We've got some great church leaders, right? Yeah. We've got some great people doing great things for God. But here is Timothy from what we would call today sort of a that family type family. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. the ones that we always say, let's pray for them. You know, his dad's away from God, <laughs> you know, and I think his mom and his grandmom are really taking care of him. You know, they bring him to church. You know, the ones we ta-ta, you know mm. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Come on, Christians. <laughs> let's just be honest. But look at what God did with Timothy. And I would say through the faithfulness of his mother and his grandmother, who even the Apostle Paul acknowledged. So my encouragement is this. We must get our kids the truth. Amen. I don't care what the condition or the state of our families are. Amen. We must get our kids the That's truth right. and our hope. And our faith must be in the promises that we pump in our kids. Yeah. Amen. Right. It's not Amen. in it's not in our perfect families. It's not in our perfect execution, but it is in the perfect word of God. And we can see the fruit and we can see the result of that, even as we're talking about Timothy. So anyway, we're very serious about um, equipping our kids to stand. Apologetics is a big deal. Um, that section of the conference is overseen this year. It's expanded. Uh, last year, it was overseen by Maria Hamilton, who is the wife of Abraham Hamilton III. She teaches apologetics to the kids in our church, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she has... Um, expanded that to teach the kids who participate in this conference. And um, Amy and Mark Warren will join us this year for the first time as we expand to teens. They teach apologetics in North Carolina mm -hmm. to the youth in their church. It was just a wonderful divine appointment, if yeah. you want to say it that way, the way that yeah. we met them and started talking about um, making sure, because we, we were saying, and, and our listeners will be familiar with this, we were talking about culture-proofing our kids, mm -hmm. culture-proofing our kids. And so as we were talking to uh, Amy, um, Amy said something about, you know, getting our kids out into the culture without getting the culture into them. And I said, like culture proof. She was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, this is what we're here for. Amen. This is what it is that we're doing. So anyway, if that's something that's appealing to you, if your family might benefit for this uh, from this, um, then we want you to be a part of it. MarriageFamilyLife.net, MarriageFamilyLife.net. You can register. You can tell friends about it right now. There's, again, the early bird registration, and we're excited about it. I mean, I look, I don't I don't expect people to be disappointed. Right. Not because we're so great, but because God is Amen. awesome. Right. Amen. And he meets us. I yes, mean, I, I don't have us. any reason to think that That's he would right. not meet us again. So right. anyway, let's grab the break and then get into the thick of what we want to talk about today. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take the break and be right back. on American Family Radio. We appreciate you spending this hour with us and letting us talk about some of the headlines that come across our desk, which I'm sure probably 
come across yours as well. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Kristen Gray with Menda of Broken Hearts. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll go there shortly and grab some phone calls in response to some of this stuff we're talking about today. I guarantee you have an opinion. <laughs> um, so this, you sent me this story on Friday, but as I started going through them, I realized that, you know, you were like, not all of them are for a Friday, <laughs> Miki. Some of them I'm just sending that you would be aware. Yeah. So I stopped short of this one because I knew that this one would turn it into a Monday, but by God's grace, here we are. It's Monday. Oh, uh-huh. it's Monday. And, uh, and so let's, let's discuss this. Um, HGTV's House Hunters introduced the first Thruple family. Mm. Now, I should probably give a disclaimer just in case you've got someone little listening and, and you're thinking... You know, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to have to talk about this. So let me just stop short of the headline of the story and just say you might want to occupy little listeners or, you know, you know what I mean? Turn yeah. it down just a little yeah. bit to where only you can hear it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but here is the story. Um, HDTV's House Hunters broke new ground this week by introducing its first thruple, a domestic threesome consisting of two women and one man. Now, you would think that that is a parody. You would think that that's not real. You know, maybe um, sort of the fringes of of our culture. We know that there are different, quote unquote, reality TV shows that are not reality, Mm -hmm. um, but that have made it to TV. And let me also say this. I know that there are individuals who, you know, will often say things like, well, I don't watch TV. And um, they will say, I don't, or I don't watch this channel or, you know, that kind of thing. And I understand that logic and understand people's convictions and things like that. But I think what is important for us to understand is that what is on the television and what is streaming, what is on our cell phones and things like that does an incredible job of shaping culture. Mm. Yeah. So whether you're watching it or not, you are still living in the culture that it creates. Mm. That's a good point. And and I say that because it's so important, Will, because there, there will be people who will say, well, just turn it off. Don't watch it. And I agree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. But the reason we have to have these conversations kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago and that we, the people of God, have to remain in a state of righteous vexation where we see what's happening around us and we never allow it to be normalized. Right. We never allow it to be just something that happens Mm -hmm. but this is what happened um on home and garden television yeah which i think a lot of us would have said that's kind of a safe space to be in right you know what i mean we you see more and more safe safe places in the past are not Mm -hmm. (laughs) safe anymore i mean intentionally yeah i'm I'm thinking like sesame street nope not safe oh my goodness stuff like that that i grew up watching is not safe for my kids no it's not it's not and and this again is by design mm-hmm. because whether you are the, the direct consumer of this type of programming, you will live in the culture that it creates. You will. You will be on the receiving end of this new world that we live in. Mm. So let me just continue here and then um, and then we'll move on. I mean, because there's not much else that you can say about this except to say this is what our culture wants to normalize. Yeah. Right. And if you think about now, I want to, you know, um, man, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe, I don't know. I, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems like all of the decades, the years just kind of run together. When we first started talking about legalizing so-called same sex marriage, 
the conversation really revolved around where does it stop? <laughs> right. Right. And so you, you know, um, you would write these books or you would read these articles that were written that would explore where removing sort of the stop zones, removing mm-hmm. the, the end of the field for marriage and saying that marriage is clearly defined, that it is one man married to one woman, that that is marriage. Got anthropological bases for this. We've got spiritual bases for this all mm-hmm. around the world. This is borne out. And so people can understand this. But when you remove those those stop points and say, no, we don't have a measure for it. We it's it is just who you love. Then there were questions. And I remember Ryan T. Anderson, who I love reading, um, wrote numerous papers and then ultimately put these papers in books that he wrote where he I remember the first time I read the word thruple and I thought it was a ridiculous word. Right. (laughs) I thought, you know, it's just, you know, like that's not it didn't it just it just sounded like you needed a word if you were going to expand couple. Right. Like you you just, you know, and, and, and which now they have all kinds of terms where they are expanding the number of people that could be in what would be recognized relationships. But HGTV has done this in the latest episode of their long running reality series. Um, They followed a Colorado Springs thruple, (laughs) a man named Brian, his wife, Lori, and their committed relationship partner, Jelly. (sighs) As they searched for a home. Now, think about this. If you've if you've ever seen any of these programs, many of us have, where the family, you are on this journey with a family as they're searching for a home. This man and his wife both have two children. Mm-hmm. They they are married, they have two children. Mm-hmm. They met this other woman. Man. Held some kind of relationship commitment ceremony in Aruba, and now view themselves as a unit wow. and HGTV put that out as just normal. Like that's so, so we l- listen, you know, as far out as that is. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, you know, no, maybe it's far I, out. Is it's, it far out? Far okay. Out. I just, I don't want to over-exaggerate but this. But They're just, trying to normalize good it. Like, grief. Hey, this is normal. You just love who you love. And if it's like five people, that's okay. No, no, it, it's far out. It's I far mean, this out. is, it, this just blows my mind. To me, this is, this, I, I excuse my expression. I don't want to offend anyone with this, but in my opinion, this is the attempt to normalize what is like triple X rated. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this is the type of this is this is what I believe when we're talking about it being shameful to even mention what these people do. You know, to, yeah. shameful for us to even talk about what these people do. But now this has been normalized and this is, you know. And placed on television, you know, like on black public consumption. Yeah. And so now, you had the question, like you're saying. So where does it where does it stop? And I will tell you this. Well, I don't I don't think um, I don't think that it does. I don't think so either. I don't think that it does. The aim is the complete disintegration of the biblical family. Is God's created design. Whatever yes, you want to that, do. That's that's right. <laughs> and you see this happening in many different facets. You see this happening on many different levels. There's another story that I have here in front of me. We can just kind of shift into it. I will say this about um, HGTV. Um, and again, you know, it's always easier for people to so, um, I guess, flippantly say what they're done with if that's not something that they were into. So like for me, I was not 
I, you know, I didn't yeah. need HD TV to live. Um, but there'll be many Christians, I think, who will still continue consuming yeah. it. Yeah. And I'll, just be like, oh, it's just that one episode. I, you know, I, look, it's okay. I was in the meeting today and it, the point was made that really nothing is going to affect this stuff until Christians and people just say, hey, I'm not giving my money right. or I'm not watching. But they got to feel mm-hmm. it. But we have so many Christians who are uh, have such apathy about stuff like That's this right. that, you know, it, it, it never really takes effect. That is so true. I'm I am telling you that is so true. If Christians understood the type of influence that our dollars had, I mean, we could really begin to change our society, take our culture to where it should be, mm-hmm. that we could wield the kind of influence that would really change the things that we are lamenting. But as it is, and I say this, you know, lovingly and respectfully of our siblings in Christ, as it is, we're too lazy. Mm-hmm. We're too lazy. We just, we're not willing to give up our comforts to make the change that we say we want. We're think, not willing to do that. And I think there's a laziness, the apathy, and I think there's a lover of pleasures. Come you know, on, Will. I think Come we're on. because we're surrounded by different things that are pleasurable, things we just like, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not necessarily sin or mm-hmm. anything like that. But you know, and I think we get consumed by the pleasures of of this of this life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes time to to break away from something because the standard is 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 the word of God and his precepts, we have a hard time. We're like, yeah. "Oh, I don't really want to stop doing this. I'm not." You know. There's there's something uh sinister and demonic I think about Christians bringing on their own persecution by their own consumption. Mm. You know what I mean? Like what we consume, what we enjoy, at the same time is bringing about our own persecution. Yeah. It's it's bringing about the attacks that we will have to outrun or that we, you know, we have to keep uh, our close eye on what's happening in laws and things like that. And as I suggested already before, I'm not sure that we need a whole lot of laws. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because right now we've got cultural norms to push us to the place where the norms would really just be uh, the laws would be just be the cherry on the top. Hmm. You don't you don't yeah. need the laws so right. much. We've got the norms. We've got the court of public opinion mm. that has already said that there's no place for those kinds of Christians. You can be a Christian where Jesus is a way. Mm. Right. You can be a Christian where that is your personal faith and it is not binding on anyone else. It doesn't have to do with anybody else. That is that's your little Jesus that you keep hidden in your little heart. Mm-hmm. Then that. Christianity is okay. Yeah. But if your Christianity says that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, there is no other way. If your Christianity says that there is a true and living God who judges sin and condemns men to hell. If your Christianity says that all have sinned against God. Mm. If your Christianity is exclusive and says that wide is the path that leads to destruction. A lot of people are on that path. Narrow is the gate, the way that leads to eternal life, and very few people find it. If that's what your Christianity says, we don't want you here Mm. in the public square. Mm. Now, for every Bible-believing Christian, just know you are excluded. Now, you can hide that. You can pretend to be a different type of Christian so that you have lots of friends 
right? So that you can, you know, keep the job and the position and, and you want people to think nice of you, then you can hide that, right? Mm-hmm. But to be a genuine, authentic, because what we have a lot of cries today for people to live their authentic lives. We want to live authentically. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly saying Christians do too. <laughs> like when <laughs> right. he, Christians right. want to live authentic Christian lives. That's we want welcome, to live though. and it's not welcomed. No, it is not that, welcomed. That's convicting. That's something I don't want to have to deal with. You know, because every time you live your Christian life to the fullest, I'm convicted. Oh, <laughs> you know, come on. Will. I don't like that because it shows me <laughs> oh, that man. my sin, and, yeah. and, well, you know, and I have to f- come face to face with God. So, yeah, you know, man, I, when I you live your Christian, Christian life, when you live your Christian life to the fullest, I'm convicted. Man, that statement right there. <laughs> now, can you imagine Christians living and operating at the highest level of what it is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ, that should be the natural outcome mm-hmm. that people who live mm-hmm. around us are convicted mm-hmm. because there is something different about our lives, oh, right? There was a certain otherness Yeah. as it is though. I don't, I don't know that we provoke that in people. Yeah. I don't know that many yeah. of us provoke that in people. Yeah. I, I, you know, I read a, um, I, I read a post from a Christian, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe, Mm-hmm. Where and I sent it to you and I sent it to Abe, you know, where he was basically defending Super Bowl halftime show, saying that we should not be shaming women for their sexuality. You remember that? Yep, I do. And again, let me just say that type of Christianity will not be forbidden in the public square. Right. If if you think that women as sensual and sexual beings should be celebrated, that it's not demeaning to have a man and two women, you know, shopping for a house together, you know, on what's supposed to be family TV, um, then you're fine. You're not a threat, you know, mm-hmm. but it's the Bible believing Christian. It's it's the 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 authentic Christian who really poses a threat mm-hmm. and therefore are not welcomed. But can you imagine if every authentic Christian took their dollars with them? <laughs> can you imagine that? Man. Can you imagine that? There'd be some trouble. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we think that activism is dead. I will show you five, six, seven thousand homosexuals who will tell you, no, it's not. (laughs) No, no, no. Activism is not dead. We move the ball every day with activism. Mm. We're active on Twitter. We're active on Instagram. (laughs) We are active and we're controlling corporate policy. We even got an index. We told you all the media. We. And but the Christians are just sitting back and the Christians are like, oh, I don't know about that petition. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I got to have my chicken. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. No, I just whatever. <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. Let's move on. Let's move on. So that's HGTV. Um, to me, that would be a big red X. I'd be like, I'm done with that. Like, because yeah. at that point, I can't trust you. Right. Right. I can't trust you. Um, there'll be a lot of people who say, no, it's going to take a little bit more. And that's fine. But just know Lovingly, I will say to you, you are the problem that you create for yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. You're the problem a, you create for yourself. Thought, man. And it's true. It's so true. Where are all our rights going? They're trying to take our rights. I don't recognize the country that I live in. Oh, I got to get home and watch, you know, Lover's <laughs> Island. Man. I got to get home and watch people indiscriminately sleep with one another. I need, they, I need to be there for the bachelor and the bachelorette. I mean, come on, you know, 
<laughs> Man, what would our TVs tell the world about us? Mm. What would what what would they say? My God. All right, a couple more stories we want to get to before the end of the show, before we open the phone line. So let's grab the break and then move quickly into those stories when we get back. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. When I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, oh, I just thank you for always loving me. And I know Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jonathan McReynolds, loving me. Sherry B. over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in just a second. I, I want to couple this story with when we talk about the redefinition of family and you know a mm. lot of people say well what what difference does it make to you if a person or persons just want to get together and they call that a family uh back in 2015 I did a deep dive and when I say deep dive I just mean a few clicks right <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't a deep dive at all I just just a few clicks on the Black Lives Matter website because there was this sudden uproar like can Christians be pro Black Lives Matter the organization so this conversation is happening and I, and I'm going well let's dig into the organization mm-hmm. and let's find out and it wasn't even a lot of digging it was right there on their website and you look at what they believe and where they stand and what they're trying to do. Dismantle the Western prescription for family was one of their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dismantle the Western prescription for family. I'm sorry. Marriage between a man and a woman has nothing to do with the color of one's skin or one's ethnicity or one's culture. It is also then not a Western prescription for family. It predates <laughs> the development or the expansion of the West. That is one of the most... I'm going to say this for effect. That's one of the most dumbest things. (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. Sometimes you just need it. You don't. You don't. I know. (laughs) Grammatically speaking, you don't ever need that. Teachers just cringed. But I mean, you that's when you're trying to be so informed, mm-hmm. right? That's when you're trying to be so like, you know, you're a revolutionary to the degree where you're like, we want to dismantle the Western prescription for family. Yeah excuse me yeah i mean that's just you all you had to do is a few more clicks and find out that that's a dumb goal Mm -hmm. that's a (laughs) dumb description so why am i saying that i'm saying that because christians keep doing these things where we unwittingly or just man you know because we're lazy and ignorant we align ourselves with organizations that we think yeah you know i mean this is okay right so we want to redefine family We're going to say, you know, people should be able to just love who they love. And Christians are, man, we love chanting this with people. Christians should be able to just, or people should be able to just love who they love. It does not affect us. Oh, does it? Oh, does it? When we take off definitions for family, when we redefine family, then you face situations like what is happening right now in the Texas Supreme Court, where the Texas Supreme Court is going to have to decide whether a biological father, a dad, should have to share custody of his biological daughter with a man who is unrelated to the child (laughs) because that man was the mother's boyfriend with whom she lived for 11 months prior to her sudden death. Now, let me take my time and go back here for you because you're like, wait, how'd you get from BLM to Texas? What I'm telling you is (laughs) when we allow for the redefinition of 
family in the United States of America. It has far reaching consequences. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't just stop inside people's homes, guys. This is not a question of who you, you need to worry about, who's going to be bringing their kid to school, you know, in front of your kid. Oh, my goodness, there's going to be two dads coming to school. No, when we break down God's definition for family, the consequences are dire yeah. and you don't get to control the consequences. You don't get to say, well, I only want this as a result. This is going to be a bridge too far. Here is the story. The Texas Supreme Court is set to hear oral arguments in a parental rights case that could shape up to be truly groundbreaking. The case centers around a father who is battling against a non-relative for custody of his four-year-old daughter. This non-relative, folks, please hear me well. This non-relative was the boyfriend of the daughter's now deceased mother. So without reading this all to you, let me give it to you in Miki's notes. Okay. (laughs) You have a man and a woman who divorce. They have a child and they are sharing 50, 50 custody of that child. The mother then acquires a boyfriend and for 11 months prior to her death moves in with that boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Now, remember the father and the mother are splitting custody of the child 50, 50. Right. So for about five and a half months, Of the 11 month time that this mother is living with the boyfriend, the daughter is living with them, Mm -hmm. the mother and her boyfriend. The mother is in a sudden car accident and dies. The grandparents seek custody of the Mm -hmm. child. Right. Judges rule no, because the dad is totally capable, not a threat, not unfit. unfit. Mm -hmm. So the judge is like, no, the dad can have custody. Well, then the boyfriend gets involved and says, I'm her dad, too. The boyfriend with whom she has lived for maybe five and a half months off and on because the mother was just living with the boyfriend. Now, look, you may say that's ridiculous. You may say, why is this even coming up for question? Because the Texas Supreme Court is going to decide if the father has sole custody of this daughter. Why? Because a lower judge said that the boyfriend had parental rights. Mm, crazy. This gives me, I, I'm, I cannot crazy. tell you what this does to me. I Man, cannot. It, it, it's amazing. This is amazing to me. You know, you have a dad who is totally fit. Yes. Able to raise his daughter. His daughter. His daughter. But you have a boyfriend from his, I guess, ex-wife that has just as much as, as far as they're, uh, far as they're concerned, uh, grounds for custody as the father who is fit and is the actual father. That's, that, I, that's mind-boggling. A lower judge ruled that there should be no presumption in favor of the father's what? having sole custody Why of not? his own daughter. Why not? I, I his don't daughter. I don't know. Um, this story, <laughs> by the way, is from the Homeschool Coalition. Oh, my goodness. And um, crazy. they worked. I mean, like, so there are a lot of people who are paying attention to this. There are a lot of people who have signed on to briefs who are, are watching this uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, Parental Rights Foundation, a voice for choice um, advocacy. And so the outcome of this will set an amazing precedent. It's huge. It's huge. But parental like rights. And and I want to say this, Will, you know, and I'm sure that there are, again, there are people smarter than I am who are thinking this through. 
But can you imagine what this does for human traffickers, for sex traffickers? Wow. If you can simply claim parental that. rights because a child lived with you for five months. Wow. Now you have because the mother said that, you know, you guys because you were in a relation. Think about Man. what that does for the safety of children in the United States of America. Think of what that does for an explosive sex trafficking industry. This wow. this is. But let me tell you something. This is where we descend when we live in a country where we celebrate, as you suggested earlier, will the great do what thou wilt and do mm. whatever you want. Mm. You know, you you want to make a family. You want to design a family, design a family. You know who hurts, though? You know who suffers? It's the children. Yeah, it's the children. This four year old, precious, innocent little girl right now. Who could be, and I don't think she will be. I, I don't think she will be. Um, you know, when you look at this information, by the way, you can read this entire article. We'll, we'll put the whole story in the show notes. If you go to AFR.net, get the podcast. You can read the entire story. I recommend that you do. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. It is. It's unbelievable. I don't think that she'll be ripped from her father and that. given to that, this strange that man. Be, that would be, man. <laughs> All right. To the phone lines we wow. go. 888 589 888-589-8840. Unintended consequences or consequence by design. I, I would say that the evil one banks on whenever we move away from God's standard, mm -hmm. we will have chaos. <laughs> so it is okay if you take small incremental moves away from God. You know, it's it's OK if you just sort of break down the family. It's OK if you just develop your own norms and, and you say we want to be known as a family. And there are people who will look you in the face. And if you say you have a problem with redefining family, they will mm -hmm. say that, you know, you're so hateful. Right. You're hateful. But but then, you know, you have consequences like this where the biological father who 100 you got like 100 years of case law to show that parents have rights to their children, yeah. right? You can't just rip children away from their biological parents. You, you know, but now here, all of a sudden, this man who lived with a woman for less than a year, as we would call it back in the day, shacking up. Right. Okay, shacking up. Right. Right. And so now, and you've got a daughter back and forth, 50-50. So what you're talking, five, maybe five months? And now this man is saying, I'm her dad, too. Mm. Guys, That's, this is no, wicked. Man. No. Yeah. And, and I will tell you, I will tell you that this would be a sex trafficker's dream. Yeah. This if this becomes some sort of new law, if this if you begin to erode parental rights and we see this happening in all different types of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the breakdown and the trauma, sexually speaking? of young boys and young girls who now can be owned by the people that sell them under the guise of parenthood <laughs> guys. Wow. The we're we're this is, this is, this is, um, this is troubling, right? This yeah. is troubling. Yeah. All eyes will be on Texas. Um, I want to say March 24th. Yes. March 24th, the Supreme court, has scheduled the case for oral arguments on March 24th. So we'll be watching it. We'll be paying attention to what happens. It's just ridiculous that we even have to have this kind of conversation. Like, that shouldn't That's even be a crazy. story. No, it's right? not at all. It and seems it's a real so story. Yeah, it's crazy. 
All right, Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's try to squeeze in some phone calls. All right, let's go to David in Virginia. Hi, David. Hi there. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah. I am glad that you're you're covering this um, because I, it, it's perfect time for me to tell you, and you probably know, that there is a work that's being done to amend the U.S. Constitution to protect parental rights. And the amendment's been in the U.S. House and in the U.S. Senate multiple times. It's never gone to a floor vote because not enough people know about it. But I would urge you to, uh, uh, people to please go to parentalrights.org and learn about it. Sign up with your email so you can be notified when the amendment's back in Congress or mm-hmm. if there's a, uh, an amendment or something going on in your state um, that, uh, that you can get involved in as well. It's parentalrights.org. David, thank you so thank much. You, that is great information. I've written that down, and we'll make sure to include it in the links to the podcast as well, parentalrights.org. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Candy in Texas. Hi, Candy. Hi. Um, I wanted to weigh in on going back to the grandparents pursuing ed- um, the, the rights for these kids. Mm-hmm. When God created families, um, I think that sometimes he's given kids to whomever he decides to give them to. I myself am in a relationship with a gentleman who lost his wife and they have three children. And those three children's parents often overstep the the parent of the late wife Mm -hmm. often overstep their boundaries as if this man With the same job that he's had for years at the time of his wife's expiration, et cetera, uh, but they want to assume responsibility and they want to assume um, ownership of these children and strip, you know, the the leadership and the parental influence from dad. These are these children's dad whom they've been in the home with dad and mm-hmm. mom because they've been married for years, you know. Yeah. And so. Getting away from, you know, how God created families, sometimes if we play our roles as grandparents and aunts and different things of that nature and stay out of the way of parental duties, too, this world would also be a greater place. You know, and it, not to take away from the baby who's, you know, going through the issue with the, the boyfriend and the dad, but in my own situation, my partner lost his wife. And those grandparents, you know, pursue ownership and and wow. running his role, you know, overstepping boundaries, et cetera. Yeah, Candy, I hear what you're saying. Um, let me just say now, of course, and thank you so much for your call, Candy. I appreciate you. I don't know. I don't know your situation. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so I don't I don't know what's going on. So I, I won't speak with any type of authority to that. I will just say that. In the position of being a partner, like you're not married to him. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure that you have a whole lot of input there. I, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you do. But I'm just saying I'm, I'm thinking from the grandparents point of view. And, and I don't know. I'm assuming that it's the wife, the late mother's mm-hmm. that's parents. Mm-hmm. That's OK. So so. I mean, you do have a biological connection there. And I'm not saying that grandparents have just this carte blanche ticket where you can just, you know, usurp parental authority. But I certainly think that, it, you know, if there is concern, respectfully, Candy, I think that concern needs to come from the biological father, honestly. And, and I would, you know, I would say, you know, no disrespect to you or anything like that. But um, in order for there to be a legitimate imp- input, 
from you, he needs to make you his wife. If he wants you Amen. to help him raise those children, then he needs to marry you and Hopefully he needs to make you his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it shouldn't tarry. I don't know what the situation is, but it, you know, if if you're a Christian, I don't know. I'm just assuming. I shouldn't make so many grand assumptions. So anyway, all right, we've run out of time. Thanks so much for listening to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll be back with you tomorrow if the Lord wills that. Until then. God bless. <laughs>